What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. You got Jones and Sully here. We got a whole lot to talk about, uh, a lot of NFL, a lot of things happening today in the NFL. Uh, two big stories coming out. First, uh, we finally get the retirement of, Bra- of Tom Brady uh, after a Adam Schefter report the other day. What was it? Saturday, I believe. Um, and then Tom Brady's camp immediately refuted that, saying he was not retired. He hadn't made a decision. He wasn't anywhere close to making a decision. Blah, blah, blah. Every excuse in the book. Three days later, or two days later, Tom Brady announces officially on his social media platforms that he is indeed retired, thus saving Adam Schefter a lot of stress and Jeff Darlington on proving that their reporting was right and accurate. Um, how do we, uh, to me, I I know not a lot of people, not, maybe not everyone felt this way, but I as soon as he said he wasn't doing it, I was like, this is Gordon Hayward. Like I said immediately when it came out to you guys that I thought it was really weird that Brady just leaked it to the press and let his retirement be just like an Adam Schefter tweet. You know, I didn't know if he, obviously, like we didn't know if he was going to do a, a a whole retirement tour or if he wanted to do something else, but it didn't seem like, it felt like Brady was not going to just do a, a hey, Shefty, I'm retiring, tweet it out, you know. Um, I yeah. thought he would want to do something on his own, and that's eventually what happened. He pulled a Gordon Hayward um, back when Hayward signed with the Celtics news broke that he was signing with the Celtics and then he said that wasn't true haven't made up my mind yet and come to find out a few hours later he announces on the players tribune that he wanted that he's signing with the Celtics so it was all a ruse just to be able to drive traffic um into the to the site but um what did you think coming out of Brady's retirement after the did you did you think there was a a chance that well, he wasn't actually going to retire I did think there was a chance. I'm also biased because I have him in a, a dynasty league, and I did not expect last year when I drafted him to only get one year. He won me the championship, but I, I really thought he was going to play. He always said, like, 45 minimum. For some reason, I really felt he had two years left. Um, the way they went out, yeah, he had a good fourth quarter against the Rams. I guess that's a little better. Um If they got destroyed, I don't know. You know, it was a really ugly game for them. I, I, I just... How does he go out that way? How does he not go out at least making it to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl? One of those two, but losing to the Rams, you know, uh, you know, in the in the fashion that he did, I just it was very odd. And he always said he wanted to play this long or forty eight, and he takes care of his body and no tomatoes and no this, like, you know, this guy could have played till forty seven, forty eight in my mind easily. Um, the level that he's playing at with the players that he had. And if you know some of the players are leaving, I know he could have went somewhere else. I mean, it if you, I mean, like other factors came into play all of a sudden. It did because, like, if you, if he goes to the Denver Broncos, I mean, come on, if he goes to the Denver Broncos, they're probably they're going real far at least. You know, like there's definitely other spots that he could have gone. Take so it's like the Broncos, given what the Bucks could suffer in free agency this year, I would take the Bucks or I would take the Broncos with Brady over the Bucks with Brady. Like the, yeah, the Broncos, the Broncos yeah. team they have now. If you add Brady versus what the Bucks are now with Brady and who the people and the people they're inevitably going to lose in free agency. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I definitely agree with that. So, um, it was, it was yeah. I was like, for, part of me wanted to see him continue to play, even just in general. I thought he had another year left in him, like end of an era, like all these guys, Rivers, Roethlisberger. Uh, obviously, I mean, Manning goes a little bit further back, but. 
Uh, a lot of these guys retiring recently. I think I'm probably forgetting one other guy. But a lot of people in that, oh, Eli a couple years ago. A lot of those guys in that draft class in that era really, um, really, you know, they're gone now. You know, it's like Matt Ryan and Rodgers and who knows the Rodgers. That could change with the, you know, that could. Yeah, Rodgers is like the elder states because he was 05 and Rodgers, Eli, and I mean, uh, Roethlisberger, Eli, and Rivers were 04. Yeah, so um, I just thought it was going to be so much longer than three or four days after. I thought he was going to at least at minimum take a week or two. And like what he was saying on the, you know, on, on this weekly radio station was that it's day to day. He's still thinking about it. So I just, I'm like, wow, if it's day to day, maybe it's a little more. Maybe he's just saying this is a smoke screen. So he gets more time. But I didn't think it to be as soon as it did because it really, it looks kind of bad for him and his camp and his dad and his agent everyone was so adamant about it i get he wants to go out on his own terms but he made Schefter and darlington look like an asshole in my opinion i really was like wow that's for them to leak that so early i i even though it probably could have been true and obviously there was maybe it was 90 percent chance i felt like it was 90 percent chance gonna happen i'm like did they go a little too early because Schefter has done that where he's reported things early so it really kind of made me look like, I'm like, what are these guys doing reporting it so early? And it turns out they were spot on and, you know, I don't know. In yeah, a positive fashion, in a, in a positive fashion, maybe, you know, Brady didn't want to take away from the games that weekend. If you want to put a positive spin on it, like he didn't want to take away from the games, which I think is definitely possible. I don't think he would have done it on, on a whatever it was, Thursday or Friday. We had a great, we obviously had a great, uh, you know, two games this week and, and, you know, I, I think the timing of it, the timing of it definitely does make more sense than I think about it in, because we have this lull between the now and the Super Bowl. So maybe this was the week he was originally going for, like the week before the week of the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess it doesn't really change anything. Just kind yeah. of a weird, weird optic and like just weird that he would do it three days later. Maybe he wanted to do it after well, the games. I think the, I think the three days later just proves that Shit, like he 100% had made the decision when it was reported. Oh, oh, 100, 100%, 100%. He and had... he and he was pulling a Gordon Hayward. He was just he was saying it wasn't true just so he could be able to release it on his own terms on his own social media platforms. Yeah, 100. And I thought that too. I thought I thought just thought he was gonna take more time than that. I thought he was at least gonna take a week or two and just be like you know, just you know do it. Yeah, that makes sense because he's not an idiot he knows that now that he did it 48 hours later that everyone knows he was lying through his teeth and that every, and the reporters got it right the first time yeah like he could have yeah but no, I, mean, I, I, I mean, guess maybe he had maybe he figures i'll take the brunt of that blame because at the end of the day if he does it in two weeks then he can say fuck you the reporters are wrong and that would be like that's kind of fucked up too, you know. You're, you're. I guess that is fucked that's, up too. That's Schefter's fucking name. His his livelihood is his name, and his True. his word, you know. So yeah, someone who's worked so hard to get there and legitimately pulls the story, like gets the story from someone and is accurate, you can't. And you're just gonna throw him under the bus and just lie and say, you know. So like, maybe that's Brady actually being kind of a good guy in that sense, you know, and saying I'm gonna take if there's any heat from this, I'm gonna take it because someone in my camp let it out or someone I know let it out or I didn't have things buttoned up and even though I wanted to announce it my way it, it, it is on me ultimately that it got out you know yeah yeah there's a lot of different angles and takes that you could spins you could put on this 
Um, but I personally still, um, I'm going to die on the hill that he has not played his last snap in the NFL. Now, I know he's going to sign the one-day contract with the Pats that's been talked about. I don't, I don't think, think that's real. Said, I think that was a... I well, there was, was, there, was an, there was a blue check mark that tweeted it later. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Tommy sent it. So, okay. um, I think it was a pretty notable guy. I forgot his name. Um, but, so I, I still, I think that, um... He still hasn't played his last snap or game, to be honest. I think the competitive drive with him is so great. First of all, I think we all know think the same thing. This is Giselle's doing. I think Giselle legitimately was like, either you are retiring or I'm divorcing you and taking custody of the kids. I think it could have been to that level. Because everything I've seen from her, one, I don't like her. Two, she hates that he plays. And first of all, I mean, like to her point, yeah, is he probably being the best father? The guy sleeps 10 hours a day and the other... Four, uh, 16 he's doing football so yeah he's really not not to say that I mean, he's being a shitty father but like he doesn't have the time for it there's only, yeah there's only so many hours in the day it's not so about many, being a bad, good or bad father it's just about having the simple the time, time and availability the time to be, yeah be there you know yeah that's that that's what it, that's better said is is that he doesn't have the time to to be there with it with them and i'm sure that's tough on him but i'm sure it's mainly giselle pulling and being like look you need to get your ass in here and like i've been holding the ship down and she has been for that's, years, that's it's also one thing for a family like, you know, tr- got, trying to make ends meet, or you know, the dad is the only one with a job, and and he's pulling in the money for the family to help make yeah, the mortgage, she's pulling put food in the on the money table, too. you know. But when you're, uh, you know, it's not someone making a hundred thousand a year that's supporting a wife and two kids. It's a guy worth three hundred million dollars and a wife worth six hundred million dollars at home. He's doing this for fucking fun, you know. He's doing yeah, it for no fun and a to, legacy yeah. and, a, and a, a competitive drive within himself, but he's not doing it for any financial gain. He could never make another dollar. He could lose a million dollars a day and be fine, you know? No financial gain, no uh, further impact on his legacy, really. It really just yeah. his, his inner drive. I mean, it's just, it's I mean, just further cementing. It's further putting the lead further. I mean, you know, if he wins another Super Bowl, it's eight. It's not seven. It's eight. It's okay. It's, it's going to take that much more for Mahomes or Allen or someone to catch up to him. Um, but it's not, you know, it, it, there's no shot anyone surpasses him in the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. What about you? I still don't think he's played his last snap. I don't know. I think in a year or so, I think the I think the fire's going to be in him and he's going to come back out. I'm not. I, I have to see how involved he is in, like, because he's, he's, everyone is now saying he's, like, all gung-ho about being, like, a businessman and working on the TB12 brand and all these, um, all these, like, other ventures he's kind of has his hands and his pockets in but isn't really involved in, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's not involved in the day-to-day operations or anything like that. And I think, and everyone's saying he's really excited about transitioning to that side kind of the way Kobe did and Jeter yeah. did. Um. So I think I'd have to see how true that is in the first year. Um, but if we see him just kind of every once in a while and he's, and he's you know, make, going to games and playing golf and hanging on the beach or whatever, like, I, I think there's a real chance. Uh, but it would also have to be the right situation. That, that makes know? sense. That makes sense, too. If he's so, if he's like a Kobe and he's so, you know, he, and his businesses are firing and he's in crypto and he's in TB12 and, and fitness and he's got his, like, uh, you know, like he's doing stuff with nutrition and he's got so many um, different 
hats in the ring, then, you know, he's, it'll be clear that he's fully invested in doing what he's doing and can't really just stop that on a dime. But like, yeah, if he's just chilling and watching sports and he doesn't found a new drive or hobby or something to, you know, that lights the same fire under him. Yeah, exactly. He still can play. That's the thing. I never thought he would play at this level so late. He, he really still can play. In the quarterback position, you can do that because if you have a good line, you're not going to be getting hit. Um, obviously, it's the only real position in sports that you could play that late, other than, like, golf and stuff. But, yeah, um, you know, I mean, the guy threw 40-something, 40, 40, what was it, 42 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards. Uh, I know he's had really good personnel and great personnel, but, you know, he could – he could, I mean, you put him on the Broncos, you put him on, obviously, That's the, thing. the Bucks. Like it, to me, it's not only is it, like, like yeah, you put him on the Colts, they're probably a top three team in the NFL. But he's not going to fucking Indianapolis under no, any circumstance, not. you know? So, and, and like, money's not going to get him out of the out of retirement, you know? Like, he no. doesn't, doesn't need the money. It's going to be, it's going to have to be a team in one of, like, six or seven locations in the NFL that is a surefire, unarguable top three team on paper with him added. So what what locations would do that? Obviously L.A., but that's not an option because of the quarterback. L.A., Miami, uh, don't even think Chicago, New York, New England. I think it's got to be a warm or relatively warm. Um, and it's got to be. Where does he live think- again? Where does Where does he live? lives in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he lives. He sold his he sold his Brookline house in Massachusetts, which is like, you know, the big rich person suburb of Boston. Um I'll give you one. I'll give you a good one right now. Tennessee. Maybe Let's say Nashville? they do one 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 more Nashville's a fun city I hear. I've never been there, but but it's nice temperament. It's not too too hot. Well, think about it. They they they'll probably run Tannehill back one more time. It's not gonna work, obviously, because it's Tannehill. You have AJ Brown. Maybe you don't have Julio anymore. You still got Derrick Henry. Uh, I know Derrick Henry is gonna be a year older, but to they've be honest, got Vrabel, this guy's, who, who him and Brady are very close. Vrabel as well. I think that's a great fit. They still they're gonna have a, they'll yeah, they'll have a good I, defense. I agree. I think that's that's one of the six or seven teams, in my opinion. That's, that's I don't even of, know. If, but to your point, I don't even know if there's six or seven looking at all this That's stuff. That's fair. Like, I, I guess I meant more like six or seven locations. Like L.A. would be one, but, there, but yeah. there's no situation quarter, in L.A. Two quarterbacks, you know? yeah. Like Denver's cold, but like Denver would be a great football fit. Denver's a great city. It but, is. It is. I, I, I mean, I just that could be an exception. That could be an much. exception possibly. Um, maybe he gets into some CBD work there or something. Yeah. I mean, so. and look, it could be, it could be like a, a situation where like there's an injury, you know, like how, yeah, the, I think like, so you too. know, let's say fucking Trey Lance tears his ACL in, in training camp, like God, move not, off knock Jimmy, on yeah. wood, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. But was that a situation his team he liked? like that? That was his team he liked right growing up, right? San Francisco. Yeah. 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 Um, so a, oh, a yeah. team that you, that you know, the quarterback is established, but he's going to be out for a year and just one year. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, so, I, I think to me, it's just there. There's so few natural fits that I think will meet the criteria. Yeah. Especially now that we're discounting Tampa. But he's gonna get calls, just, though, right? He's he's gonna. Oh, get absolutely, calls. absolutely. He'll get calls. He'll get calls for sure. Um, I just don't know where the 
where the team is you know maybe in arizona but they're not you know they got kyler you know maybe arizona's a team that that's it you get an injury and they call him you know to be honest if carolina carolina added some pieces and if they had cmc healthy and dj moore and robbie anderson and who's their other and terrence marshall's up and coming um i mean if they added a tight end and a couple more pieces on defense you put Brady in there. Maybe. I, they I would... thought about Carolina, but I don't like. I don't know. They've just been so bad for so long, and I, I don't know, think they're as far as we think, though, because of how bad the quarterback play has been. I think if you give them a really high quarterback play, that's a team like Cincinnati that could turn on a dime. Like everyone yeah. thought, the Bengals were like, you know, people thought it. People like projected it with the Jaguars this year, like falsely. You know, they were like, oh, Trevor Lawrence, like these receivers, this trio of Chark. Uh, LaVisca I mean, and uh, listen the Jaguars had some talent like it, they, they did they, they had did. some talent that was the sexy pick it was like they're getting trouble I mean I I thought they'd be a four or five win team because they're lying so bad and we had some flashes of it but Trevor Lawrence was so handicapped by uh, Meyer by the offensive line and their defense was so bad they were they were further behind but but you know the Bengals were also horrible and they added to their defense, and they had some really good defensive parts. And then that quarterback, and they always, and they had the receivers, and they drafted Chase, and they had Mixon, and the emergence of C.J. Uzma, you know, with with obviously Burrow's help, you know, it was like a perfect storm for them. And you know, not many people predicted them to be that good. Obviously, like even nine, ten wins the, good. How about the Bengals shoving it in everyone's face, including me, uh, taking Chase over Penay Sewell? I, I was not Chase guy, if you remember. I was a Chase guy. I know. Guy. I was all over. So I was like, you guys, them and the Lions, I was like, all they and do look, is Su- take the, the high receiver. Sewell had a good year, and I don't think Sewell would have been a bad pick. I think no, he wouldn't have, pick. but I mean, a- Jamar Chase is literally the best rookie in NFL history. It's Yeah, it's 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 unarguable. Uh, I don't know about ever, the but right at the receiver pick. position for sure. I don't, there's, there may be some linemen that, that dominate on a similar level. Yeah, I'm but. sure, but, you know, I'm talking about like, records being broken and yeah. you know flash and and notoriety I think, uh, yeah i mean i i was and look like the line's been bad the line has been bad the entire year um yeah and it might be what line, loses them the super bowl especially you I, know. I think it likely will be but um you know uh, they've had this magic uh, obviously a lot of it's burrow the defense has been great at times but you know they, they were a team that no one really picked because they were so bad, they were they but they've been so bad the last two years. That's where it's like Zach Taylor even getting this third year was like, oh wow, like he's getting a third year even. That's a little generous. Um, but you know, so it's it's interesting really when when you think about like how we look at teams. Like the Jaguars were the sexy team. They're like, oh, they're gonna get Lawrence with that trio of receivers, and they have Urban Meyer. It was such a sexy pick. No one was picking the Bengals to. You know, I thought they'd win like six or seven or eight games. Yeah, maybe. we thought we'd see an improvement. Maybe they go yeah. five hundred, or well, you can't at go five hundred anymore. Well, at best, like eight wins at best, eight yeah. nine at best. I think yeah, but an, an improvement, but not there yet. They they were yeah. uh, the classic a year away from being a year away team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so then, so to my point though, I think like a team like Carolina, who's got a solid defense and has so many good pieces, and they have the elite running back, they have. I think DJ Moore could be an elite receiver with a top but quarterback. But how long do they have that elite running back? I mean, what he's going to be what, 26, 20, I mean 27, 28 next year? And then he It goes both ways. It goes both ways cuz like um you know, like he's been injured but you know, he hasn't also had that tread on the tires. Um, yeah. 
But I mean, it's it's not like we're we're seeing repeat injuries. But I, it's not I like think, it's yeah. I think they do need to add Pete. Like if they added like a Zach Ertz type of tight end, like they would need a big time type of tight tight end to like fully complete the offense with Marshall and Robbie Anderson. I, I think they go offense heavy this year in the draft because they went. I think they did all eight draft picks last year were defense. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, and, and they're gonna get what's his name back. Uh, J.C. Horn, J.C. Horn, right? Yeah, J.C. The, the Horn, cornerback. The corner. He was yeah. he was in the rookie of the year conversation before he got hurt. He was. He was. So. Look, I mean, look, it's not the top thing. I just think it's one of those that's like, that's like you know, it's it's a clear need at the position, and they have a lot of they have talent, and that defensive talent also is very young too. So that's they're on the up uprise on the defense. So um, people, because people were like, oh, they could be good with Darnold. I wasn't one of those people. Because Sam Darnold is one of the worst quarterbacks in the universe, um, but I, I was not one of in that camp. But the people were had rumors; they were like a sexy team with Sam Darnold. Think how they look with Tom Brady. Um, so, you know, it, you know, again, that's probably one of the third or fourth or fifth teams with location and stuff. But uh, I love the I love the uh, I love the Tennessee thing. I hope it comes true in a year, because. I know, I mean, a lot of people that don't like Brady and, and fans that like, but it, it also, I think we're going to have this with LeBron on a certain extent too. It's definitely certain, it's 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 a change of an era, it's a moving of a guard, and it is a little sad to see to see him go in a sense, even if you're rooting for him or against him even. You don't you can't root against him. Um, I, I rooted against him for so long. I'm sure you did, but me, it was more, you know, interdivision, so, yeah. but... You know, it's definitely. It was more like a Boston hate than it was like. A, yeah, yeah, like the, the their fans and such. But it it, it yeah. definitely has some bittersweetness to it. Um, I think across the league, um, with Brady retiring, because it's like, damn, Brady's gone now. Like all those people are gone, and like the best one just retired. And you know, I mean, LeBron may be a little more hated, um, depending on who you ask. But like. Uh, you know, like when LeBron goes, and it'd be like, wow, like he's not doing it anymore at that age. We probably won't see anyone do it at that age again, like LeBron did, like Brady did at 44, and uh, like LeBron will be doing at 38, 39, and 40. So it's just something you don't really get to see often, and uh, I think you don't really, really appreciate till it's kind of gone, type of thing with 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 these guys. Yeah, and especially with Brady, like we thought it was, you know, you you, you expect to see this decline, and it just never came. You know, it happened for the one season. When they lost the Titans, where he had like 27 touchdowns, I want to say 13 or 14 interceptions, and it was and it was it was really due to the personnel. Um, yeah, the Patriots. You look at that Patriots team; they were so bad on paper. Yeah, it was like that was like the cliff year. That was like oh, okay, now he's gone. But it was like, who it, who did he have? Did he did he even have Edelman that year? He had like Hogan and like a bunch of scrubs. Um, I think Edelman was hurt. Yeah, Edelman was hurt. It was like Hogan and like I don't even remember the guys, but it was. It was really bad, um, and they lost the Titans, and it was like, well, this is this is it for for Brady, and uh, then he gets a new, great cast of receiving receivers and skill position players, and then, you know, it's like they've been together for years. So, I, I and it was like you said, like he didn't have this tour at all. He didn't have this last year tour. He just like wasn't like we saw it. We knew it coming. Like Ben, and it was like we had these moments where it's like, oh, that's his last home game. Damn, like you know, uh, stuff like that. So it was. It was Grand Ben was in Pittsburgh his whole his, his whole career, but it it's definitely was a little shocking to me that this all ended so quickly. 
Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely, there's still some, like, elements of surprise and, you know, feeling it's not real. Even as, like, a non, you know, I have no skin in the game with him yeah. whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds over the next, uh, over the next few weeks and months, um, maybe even years, according to you. Um, but moving on to the other big story in the NFL that broke just broke about an hour ago uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Um, Brian Flores filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL and three different teams, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants, alleging they have engaged in racist and discriminatory practices against black coaches. Allegations in the suit include Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offering to pay Flores an extra $100,000 per loss during the 2019 season and Ross trying to get him to recruit a prominent quarterback who we've, I think, believe, now learned it was Tom Brady, who was under contract to another team, violating tampering rules. The lawsuit says the Giants scheduled a fake interview with Flores last week to comply with the Rooney rule and that Flores learned that his interview was fake because his former boss, Patriots Bill Belichick, Patriots coach Bill Belichick, mistakenly texted him a congratulatory message thinking that the Giants were going to hire him. Uh, New York instead it ended up hiring Brian Dable. Um, for the Broncos, Flores said they put him through a similar interview process three years ago with no intention of considering it for the job. Um, a lot to unpack there. A lot of allegations. Brian Flores making a lot of enemies with this. Um, but they're serious allegations. If true, very fucked up. Um, I don't, I honestly don't understand the Giants aspect. Now, like, you know, reading through the lawsuit and seeing what, how it happened. First of all, that he's accusing the Giants of not complying with the Rooney rule. They gave Leslie Frazier two interviews, the black defensive coordinator from, for the Buffalo Bills. And they that gave their own defensive sense. coordinator, who was black, Patrick Graham, an interview to be the head coach before anyone was brought in, before Brian Dable's name was even announced. I believe they might have even interviewed Graham before they hired the GM. I don't know. It might have been. It was either before or one of his first interviews. Fact remains, they they went through extensive interview process with two other black head potential head coaches before Flores. Lastly, or secondly, the the Giants hired the Bills GM. He's gonna bring in his guys. That's how every position in every sport works especially in the NFL. All we hear about in the NFL is coaching tree this, coaching tree that. They used to be pals under Andy Reid's coaching tree. They used to be pals in Green Bay under Mike Holbrook's coaching tree. Like, all of these fucking... Every time we see Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan, we see the picture of them all three working for Washington in 2015. And, you know, it, it just... The whole NFL is just a fraternity of coaching trees that people even look at... Look at Brian Flores. Does Brian Flores get that job in Miami if he's not a disciple of Bill Belichick? Probably fucking not. Was he a good coach? He was. Yeah. Yeah, like like most like most jobs in, in, in life, it's networking and who you really know. Yeah, and it's not um, it's not exclusive to sports. Yeah, but. it's not. But I, I will say though, um the NFL definitely has at at, at the minimum it's bad optics when you have one black coach out Absolutely. of 32. It's Absolutely. a bad optic. Have they made some efforts, like the Rooney Rule and some things? They have, 
but do I think they care? I really don't think they care. I don't think it's any skin in their game because the product is so good. Um, we know we're tu- we're tuning in. Like, I mean, the numbers just say like you know, fifty million it for matter, this. Yeah. It, it it really doesn't matter. And and I think Roger Goodell truly doesn't care, which which is bad, obviously. I, I don't mean, he think... cares in the sense that there's optics. You know, he, he cares, cares in the in sense the that there's sense. optics. But how many bad PR nightmares has Roger Goodell had? And the NFL always comes out on top out of all the sports. They always do. Yeah. You know, they they always do. They're sure there's a hurdle here or there, and you have. Whether it's Deflategate or whether it's, you know, how against gambling he was and he says shit, but he doesn't take things to the grave with him. He doesn't, it doesn't, it's not any skin off his back in reality. Um, and to be honest, the last year or so has been a very uneventful one where there hasn't been a ton of criticism of Roger of late compared to, you know, they're not saying Roger's good. I think we all know he's terrible and he's not. He's not. He's a clown, and if anything, and all there was that. praise for kind of making it through another season of COVID without any major hiccups. There was, yeah. Whether that's from him at all or or whatever. So they're really, he, he's been seen in a much better light because usually he's just getting ragged on and deservedly so for the most part. So, you know, it's 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 quite it, it's an interesting dilemma because there certainly are candidates. There aren't. You have. Um, the uh, DC for the Rams. What is his name? Raheem uh, Morris. Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris. Raheem. And then you have guys like D'Amico Ryan's on D'Amico the Niners. Ryan's, although I did D'Amico, see, D'Amico but he Ryan just declined. The, yeah. He he pulled his name out of the Vikings yes, job yes. today. Yes, because he wants to be further embedded in the Niners stuff, which is interesting because. Um, what does it say about Shanahan's security? I don't, I don't know because there's been a lot, I know a lot of Niners fans that are very highly critical of, of Shanahan um, and going with Jimmy and going with an injured Jimmy and, you know, obviously he's a good coach and, like, who are you going to get better than Shanahan is, is a fair question. Like, I understand, like, you've said that with, you know, if you fire, um, what's his name with the Yankees? If you if you fire, what's the GM? I can't. Cashman, like, who are you going to get better? And, like, Shanahan is great. I mean, Shanahan's first two years, he was horrible record-wise. I mean, Shanahan's um, like Cashman. If you if you fire him, there's 25 teams that'll fire their coach I understand that. Too. Yeah, it's just, it's just there's there's just so many, there's so many questionable decisions that he makes and um, not worthy of being, but, like, why is he going to deny the Vikings job to be, for, how much better can you get than the Niners defensive coordinator? So it's very interesting to me that, that he did that, and the word that he I mean, wants to get further. Maybe he doesn't want to live in fucking Minnesota, you know. But but still, he could have probably been in the running for other head coaching jobs too, you know. I mean, or or at least thrown his hat in. So we'll see. But then again, you know, that's that's a black coach that's you know taking his hand his his uh you know his hat out of the ring, which doesn't yeah. doesn't you know that's just one case, but. Um, there's certainly more than enough qualified black coaches than there should be more than one black head coach. That's definitely. Yeah, that, I mean, the NFL certainly has a problem with this. Yeah, it's that's, definitely a problem. I don't think no one's debating and that. And what's the answer? I, I don't know because the Rooney rule was put into, but you can just do your one yeah, token exactly. interview and then, and then you know, you don't have to pick them. And can you force and them to hire a black coach? No, and you shouldn't force anyone to. Shouldn't yeah. force anyone to pick someone based on the color of their skin, related, what any of that. You should never force someone to make a choice based on a certain criteria of circumstances. So it, it really is a tough problem. Um, and and then and, and Brian Flores is a horrible optic because he won eight in a row and he was a coach of the year candidate. Granted, there's context. He was had issues with Tua. He had issues with ownership. Um, 
there was some, you know, there were definitely some, you know, ruffled feathers there, to say the least. But who are you going to get better than Brian Flores right now for the Dolphins? I don't, I don't know, and that's why it was a. That's a that's where it's it's fight. so shocking. It's like is Brian, Brian Flores is probably a top ten to twelve coach at it's minimum. Also what you see in in sports, you see it in the NBA too, which is the other, obviously the second biggest and and the sec, second. It's also predominantly black, the players. But you see the best coaches over the not just now but the history of the league, have always been even when all the coaches were white, they've always been the guys that weren't the best players that weren't the stars that were kind of maybe they never even made the league they were just good college players and went right into coaching or they you know they worked their way up from being a high school coach to you know and they were a good high school player and worked their way up from high school to college to the NBA um, or they were you know guys like Ty Lu who are, are former players but not, they weren't stars by any mean they were you know bench players those tend to be the better coaches in the NBA and the NFL those guys that kind of take mm-hmm. that route. Very rarely do you see a star. I mean, I can't name one legitimate star player who is a fantastic NFL or NBA coach. I'm sure there are one that I'm completely forgetting right now, a head coach. But I can't think of a legitimate superstar that was a all-time head coach. I mean, I, I I guess you want if you want to say like someone like Bill Russell or someone, but he wasn't even that he wasn't that successful as a coach. You know, there, there's just like it doesn't translate. So now you're talking about a field of players that all the all the best players, all the stars are are black. You know, and I don't see any white stars doing coaching either. You know, I don't see any any stars in in the NBA or NFL getting coaching jobs because they don't need to one because they've probably made all their money. You know, they you got to have a real passion for the game to go into coaching. Yeah. You know, it's not an easy gig, um, and most of the time you really have to work your way up. Um, Byron Leftwich would be one. You know, he would be one of the better players to actually make. Uh, it's definitely a, it's definitely more so in the NFL. It's definitely more so in the NBA. You have guys like Jason Kidd, who's not an amazing coach, but he's like a well-respected coach. Or yes, yes, know. that's true. Have, I think you know, but I, I think he's the exception to the rule, not the. You know the, no, the definitely. blueprint. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, all those they, you run through the co- head coaches in the NFL, anything you look at, all of them, and they're like, that's where they. I mean, Mike Ditka was one that probably was a real star, and then and then was a great NFL head coach. Um, but Isaiah Thomas many. could not coach. Isaiah Thomas, but yeah, he made a coach, but a terrible coach. Terrible. You know, coach. Larry Bird, Larry even Bird, Larry, Larry Bird, star, but. Not that great of a coach. I mean, yeah, I he know he okay. made like a couple runs to the the finals and you know Eastern Conference Finals. I, I get that that he had a, a handful of good years, but still, I don't think anyone's putting Larry Bird in the Hall of Fame off his coaching career. No, you know, um, he certainly wouldn't be if that was all he did. He would be a, a blip yeah. on the radar. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know. I just it doesn't it just doesn't happen. And now we're so. It'll be. I think it's just a matter of time. I don't know. It's a matter of changing perception. It's a matter of proving. I don't know. You know. It's. I think we can agree. It's a problem. But it's. It's a very tough. It's a very tough uh, problem to tackle without. Because you can't. You can't. It's hard. You can't mandate it. You can't bias. You know. You can't mandate it. You can't make a law. You can't uh, mandate. You can't. You can't like. You can't sign something. Be like. Yep. This is. You know, this will help fix it like they probably hoped the Rooney rule would. Um, 
Yeah. You know, I mean, so listen, that's... It, like, I'm sure the Rooney rule has had some positive effect. At least you get in the room, you know. And um, there's value in that in, in experience and interviewing yeah, and, exactly. and getting getting in the room. But And at least making a connection. And maybe you're not the first choice, but you're the second choice. And they and they know the owner of the division rival who, who says you were a good candidate, you just missed out, you know. Just take them mm-hmm. in, in for serious consideration. You know, it's yeah. those uh, – just getting in the room will always help. Um, I think it's impossible Definitely. to measure how much. But we've seen an improvement, you know. I mean – we're not talking about obviously right now we're they're down you know it's down to one well now it's now it's now it's been a significant digression because of we're only down to one and that's Tomlin who's a top three or four coach um at at worst um so because it is it is interesting again you have someone like Steve Wilkes who's uh maybe not the greatest coach I mean he had one year with the Cardinals he had Josh Rosen as his quarterback went three and 13 I think uh Probably not a great coach, uh, but then you have Zach Taylor wins five games in two years with the Bengals. He's proving to be a good coach, in my opinion, because they're the least penalized team, and obviously Joe Burrow is the big difference. But why does he get two years at five wins, and then Wilkes gets... Getting one year in the NFL is very rare. Very rare is there are lame, lame, lame duck coaches in one year is very rare. Um, so when it does happen to someone like Wilkes... Um, you know, it definitely raises an eyebrow because it's so rare that it happens. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and it's like, you know, it's like, do we know Wilkes is an awful head coach? I don't. I mean, he had Josh Rosen as his quarterback. Probably not a stud. He's probably not amazing, but I don't know if we'll never know, really. I mean, he really wasn't given a fair shot. I mean, if, you know, give 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 Bill Belichick Josh Rosen, see how, see how many wins he, uh, games he wins. It would be like six. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, moving on. Moving on. We'll see how that situation develops in the coming days. But it's certainly certainly one that's not going to go away and uh, warrants warrants and sparks a, a serious conversation. Um, you just hope that it isn't. You know, you want Brian Flores to you know land on his feet, but you hope the allegations aren't true because that would mean a whole mess of issues for the league and prove that there's a lot further it needs to go than where it is. Um, so, uh, let's talk about, you know, the games last week and, and kind of where we're at with the Super Bowl. Um, next week we'll do our huge prop bet, uh, Super Bowl betting episode that we do every year. Um, that'll be a nice long one for everyone to listen to and hopefully win a bunch of money off of, but, uh, let's just kind of talk about the games, uh, last week, Burrow going into Arrowhead. And I mean, have we seen a team, the Chiefs just looked, that, that, that looked like it was going to be a 40 point win and then it was, then it was tied. Yeah, I, I definitely I thought it was over, and then at halftime, right before half, that really lost them the game. And Romo said it. He said if they lose the game, it'll be that play. Um, you know, first you got to throw the ball. Obviously, nine seconds. First ball, uh, Mahomes, four second play, throws it at someone's feet. Smart. Second play, you have Travis Kelsey. Why are you not throwing something a comeback right over the middle, a slant to Hill, anything? But instead, you run it. You throw something in the bound in the play in inbounds and he gets tackled inbounds and the game and the clock's over and Mahomes is trying to call a timeout there's no timeouts just absolutely ridiculous at that point you kick a field goal rather than throw it inbounds and of course five seconds no play should take you more than five seconds from the one yard line if it's not there you you spike it like he did four seconds maximum so really you have one read 
and one read, maybe a second read, a quick read, and that, if that's not it, you throw it at someone's feet. You throw it at a running back's feet, and that should be four seconds at most. And they completely butchered that. That was three to seven points right there. Uh, but again, that play should be going to Kelsey. Uh, 100, 100% of the time, in my opinion. Uh, really yeah, should, you know, there. just absolutely ridiculous. Or maybe, you know, to be honest, with nine seconds to go, I don't love it. Maybe you put Burton in there, and maybe I'd rather you try and sneak it with Burton on the fullback dive, to be honest, than do what you did. Throw it in the middle of the flat and have Tyree Kill try to evade three guys. Terrible. I thought Andy Reid lost them the game. I know Mahomes did in the defense, didn't play well. Andy Reid, I thought he had horrible, a horrible um, play-calling game. I know he's had uh, questionable play-calling in championship games in the past. We thought he kind of put it behind him, but... You know, there's like a minute 30 to go. You're at uh, first and goal from the five. You run it the first time, or, or there was two minutes at this point. Then you get to like the four, the three, second down, um, second and goal. There's a minute 25 left. You need to run the ball again. You're not throwing the ball. You need to get the clock down lower. Worst case is you score a touchdown, and then you give Joe Burrow a minute 10 to score four points, which you need a touchdown. I'm taking the Chiefs defense. I'm sorry. The Chiefs defense is getting a stop there with a minute 20 to go, in my opinion, a minute 10 to go against uh, the Bengals. The Bengals, in the second half, Burrow threw an interception. I know he was good. He was not great in that game. He was good and he was not great. Um, He really wasn't amazing, as amazing as people think. He made good plays with his legs, but he threw for 250 yards by the hair. He had two touchdowns, one interception. He did what he needed to do, but he didn't have people. Some people were acting like he had a 500-yard performance. If Burrow has those numbers, you tell me Burrow has those numbers, I'd say they lost by 17. If he, yeah. He had, yeah, he had two touchdowns and he threw for 250. I'd say they lost by 10 to 17. Say, he didn't even throw for 300 yards. And he what, wasn't he cl- threw for four, 470 or something against him the first time? If it wasn't for overtime, he's at like 220. So, like, yeah. you know, I, I love Burrow and he's, in, he's I think he's one of the gonna be, Hall of Fame potential, but we need to pump the brakes a little bit, and I love his tendencies. I even think he has Brady-like tendencies for a young quarterback. But he, he, the game itself wasn't spectacular by him. The window was open by uh, by many of the things I just named. So you run the ball. So then ideally ideally it is you get you down at the one or two, right? Ideally you're at the one or two yard line and now you have uh, like under a minute to go or it's like under 50 seconds to go and now you're kicking a field goal with like 10 to 20 seconds to go to tie it and the game's presumably going to be over. Worst case... Best case, you score a touchdown there with under 30 to go. The game's presumably over again. You're, you're probably not going to give up a touchdown there. So <clears throat> the play calling there is just so – it's just so horrible. I mean, <clears throat> you know, and if and if they would have ran it there, I don't know if you noticed, they would have gotten a couple yards too. Like there was a little bit of a hole for him to get at least one to three yards, in my opinion, um, on that play. But you take a sack, you take a five-yard sack, and now on third and goal at the nine, you have to throw. And by that, with that, by having to throw, what else do you have to do? You have to take a sack. You can't throw the ball away. You can only throw a, compl- a completion if it's going to be inbounds or if it's going to be a touchdown. You can't throw any tight windows, and that's what Mahomes did. He took a bad sack, fumbled it, and he kind of had to. Um, and he had all day to throw. The, the back nine of the Bengals were the real heroes in this game. The back nine of the Bengals and Trey Hendrickson getting pressure were the real hero, unsung heroes for the coverage and shutting down Hill in the second half. And But we just like quarterbacks, and we like receivers in this, and we say this person did it. But, but, um, you Even know, Chase didn't have a big day. What do you have, like 58 yards, 60 yards? And a touchdown, like yeah. 
but you know Von Bell and he didn't at all. Von Bell and you know those guys they have a they have a really good secondary, uh, and they they were covering for four or five seconds on that play and many other ones. So you really got to tip their hat to the Bengals defense, and I just I I think I think Reed cost them at least at least seven to ten at least well yeah at least seven to ten points he cost them in play in those two series alone. Yeah. So I you know as much as we want to blame Mahomes. As much as we want to blame whatever the defense and Mahomes made some mistakes, Andy Reid really, really could have avoided all of this. He could have avoided all this. You could have had Mahomes play this poorly, and you could have taken the field goal at minimum another three. We don't go to overtime. You could have, um, you could have had an extra three, three to seven, uh, or an extra four points at the end if you if you play call the right way. And don't go to it. It was just so many gaffes and fumbles by him where this has always been the knack on Reid. It's always been the issue with him. He's a great play caller, but situationally in certain spots, makes you scratch his head and he gets too cute. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, I guess uh, the so the the NFC side, um, that was another another fantastic game. I mean, these these have got to be the most exciting playoffs like through and through that we've seen in my lifetime for sure. In terms of every single game is a barn burner. Every single yeah. game has been good. Um but it was nice to see Stafford get get his win. Um, OBJ had a game and a half. Um, they, I mean, what I guess we talked about the Super Bowl. Like, what is, what's the the Rams are the Rams have hovered between three and four all since opening. Um, what do you? What's the what's the recipe for the Bengals to win, and what's the recipe for the the Rams to win? The recipe for the Rams to win, I think, is. You know, is is getting after uh, Burrow with your front, with your front three to five guys. You know, um, not really blitzing, letting, you know, letting Von. I mean, we saw what the Titans D line did to Burrow. Granted, they won, but you know, Burrow and the offense wasn't very effective. He was sacked nine times. I can assure you, if the Rams sack him five or more times, they're they're not going to win this game with with how Stafford is playing right now and how. How Cup is that the the offense of the Rams is no is is miles better. Uh, Cooper Cup compared to AJ Brown and and obviously Stafford compared to Tanhill and uh, Henry was obviously a little not hundred percent. So you know uh, Stafford is gonna ball out. That's the thing is I, I'm pretty sure Stafford's gonna ball out. I think a question for me is if if the Niners I'm sorry if the Rams can run the ball. I think it's another thing if the Rams can actually run the ball well because the last two games they haven't been able to run it. They can run the the ball well, and the Bengals are okay against the run. If they can run the ball well, that's a big key for them, and as well as getting after the quarterback. Because if they can get after them with four or five, I don't see how how Burrow does it. Because uh, also with this back four, you have you have Jalen Ramsey. He's shutting down pretty much whoever he go, whether it's T. Higgins, yeah, Higgins or, or, or I heard or, that people are speculating they're going to put Ramsey on Higgins and then double team Chase. And then I think that's I think that's a great idea. Yeah, single coverage. T Higgins, you're getting two catches for 21 yards. Then okay. Yeah. T Higgins is a great receiver too. He's severely underrated. He's he's awesome. Um, like he's a one on most teams in my opinion. But T Higgins, you're going if he's on you every play, you're getting two catches for 21 yards probably. Um, doubling a doubling chase, I think that's that's a great idea. That makes a lot of sense to me because. Yeah, think about it. They're going to be even gains in the middle. They're the big, the big uh, D tackle for them. He's really good. He's had four and a half sacks in the year. So it's not just Von Miller and 
and Aaron Donald, and you have Leonard Floyd, who had almost ten sacks this year too. Yeah, he's you have, no, you have, he's you no have chump so either. many. He's no chump exactly. You got three, four guys that can are legitimate threats at to rush the passer. And I'll be honest, I know the D line of the Titans is good, but this D line and pass rush of the Rams is even scarier. Maybe you can outrun uh, Chris Jones, who's great in his own right, but he's not a speedster, a burner. You're not outrunning Von Miller, Joe Burrow. You're not outrunning no. Von and, Miller. And he, Von outran, Miller. he outran Chris Jones by about an inch and a half. Yeah, you're not running out. I mean, Aaron Donald, it's a little closer, but you're not you're not getting away from Aaron Donald either. Um, and you're not getting away from Leonard Floyd, who's extremely fast. You're, you're not going to be able to make those plays. If Burrow's sacked on any of those plays, the game is probably near over. Um, and the, the thing that was worrisome about the Bengals offensive line in the first two games is when they were it was more than just we're getting beat because of we're not as talented as the other as the defensive linemen rushing us there was clear communication and missed assignment issues yeah there were so you're just if you miss an assignment on Aaron Donald not not only is Joe Burrow getting sacked he might not get up you know yeah he might he might be done for the game um, yeah so it, it's it, it's one thing to get bulldozed by Aaron Donald, but to miss an assignment or, or not know your your blocking schemes or whatever was going on there, or the play calling, whatever it was. I mean, that is just you you guys letting people run free through the line. That's, yeah. And then the Bengals and that's the almost, are looking at each other like, oh, that was you, that was me, that was who. Like, that's that's likely to happen at least once. I'd probably say, if not. Of more. course, I'd be surprised yeah. if it didn't happen once. I'd be surprised if yeah. it didn't happen three times. Another thing that I think is a huge advantage is that you're having Sean McVay over Andy Reid, and I know it's like Sean McVay, uh, he makes some questionable calls with the challenges and stuff, but Sean McVay is, is calls and has continued to call great games. He's called great games. He's a great play caller. He's going to have, and he's got better, per, he's got insane personnel right now with OBJ and Cup. That's another thing. How are they going to match up with OBJ and Cup? Bengals are down. Uzma, I doubt he comes back. Um, I, I, McVay's brain versus the d- defense of the Bengals. I think he's going to get his way. I think if the Bengals want to win this game, they're going to have to put up at least 27, 30 points. And the Bengals are also terrible against the pass. I think they were number 27 in the NFL this year against the yeah, pass. So um, I, I, I kind of and, think and this the, game's not going to be so close. Think about how the Rams have been against the pass yeah. this year. I think I really think this is going to be yeah the Rams have been great against the pass that's their their uh their strength I really and think this is going to be like ball. think about how great their offensive passing yeah. game has been through throughout the playoffs I think this is going to be a seven to ten point win if not more for the Rams to be honest I really um, it very well could be I mean listen, I really, it's also think about the Rams come out hot every game they they've had the same game they've had the same like the games unfolded the same way in every playoff game for them they they come out hot get a lead kind of let off the, the brakes they're not able to you know step on the throat and then then they finish they allow them back in and then they become amazing again in the last six to 12 minutes of the game yeah and they and I, they, I, they get the win you know again it's just it's just how how are they going to block these guys how aaron donald donald's going to be so motivated uh, yeah you know the, even give me those three guys donald and floyd and 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 miller versus the five offense linemen I, i've still taken those three guys i don't I don't know how he doesn't get sacked more than five times, um, and 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 again, I think C.J. Uzma I'm is a at what huge the over under on sacks is. I think C.J. Uzma is a huge loss if he can't go. He's a huge safety blanket for them, especially if they're going to be doubling Chase and Ramsey's going to be taking away Higgins. Um, 
And Boyd's nice. Boyd will Boyd will be someone that I'm definitely looking to in props. Boyd is Boyd yes. should have a good game. I was just gonna say Boyd is kind of the the lone remaining talented receiver that has Boyd chemistry. Is, Boyd's one will. of the best third receivers in the league by far. He's um, one of receive, the, I'd love to see. I'm checking what Boyd's uh, over under on receiving yards is. Oh probably my god. Probably 34. 37 and a half. Give me that. Yeah. Makes sense. 37 and a half. I mean, that's so much. Even Odell is only up to 62. He went from 54 to 62. What is uh, Chase and. Chase is 78 and a half, so that's down about seven yards, six yards, depending on the book that you had. Um, it was it was 84, Higgins? 85. Higgins is, Higgins? is 69 and a half, which was Ooh. he was at he was at 70 in the uh, in the AFC Championship game. He blew that out of the water. Um, let's see, uh, Odell, yeah, 62 and a half. Joe Mixon, 25 and a half. Cam Akers, 15 and a half. Um, Cooper Cup, 105. And then Van Jefferson, 33 and a half, and that's that's it. What about, yeah, wow. Uh, let's see what the receptions are. Uh, they only have the four big guys posted right now. So it's T. Higgins, yeah. five and a half, five and a half for Chase, eight and a half for Cup, and five and a half for Odell, too. There's a lot. I mean, uh, books are still putting up props. They're not fully loaded yet. All the, all the fun props aren't up yet either. Um, but, I mean... It'd be nice to have a, a great game uh, in this Super Bowl, but I, I, I kind of tend to think where you're at. I think it'll be a, a, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think it'll be a comfortable seven to twelve point win for the for the Rams. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, generally these games are won in the trenches, and like the Niners really honestly would have won that. Like their O line held up pretty well until the fourth quarter against the Rams, um, and and their pass rush. You know, did a good job, and the Niners. That's where they win is in the trenches. Uh, Rams a lot too. The Rams had a good game as well. Like both those teams are good in the trenches. Yeah. Like the Bengals that, just won the the game. I mean, Jimmy Jimmy G got through that last interception because he had four guys yeah. tackling him. Yeah, uh, and those are two teams that are strong on both sides of the line. So, um, you know, it's so rare you see a team win the Super Bowl with a bad, if not horrible, offense line. I don't remember the last time I've seen it. I really don't remember the last time I've seen it. Um, and and I think I don't think they can overcome that. And they don't have a dominant defensive line. They really just have Trey Hendrickson is is their ace in the hole. So um, I I think the game's gonna be one in the trenches. Really, I think it's gonna be one on the D line. And the O line for the Rams played great. And and you know um, what's his name Whitworth came back and he looked really good. Um, so you know I you know look. You know, they have a clear advantage on both lines, on both the offensive defensive line. Quarterback, let's call it a draw. Let's find. They're both great. What You could argue one or the other. Let's call it a draw. Um, running back, Mixon's probably better, but with the O-line, again, with the running game is probably similar. Um, receivers, receiving core, I'm going to go Rams, On honestly. Uh, I think Cup is better than Chase. Higgins, OBJ, it's probably close. It's probably close to be honest, but yeah, and they're um, both playing well now. They're both playing well, but honestly, and then Boyd's a really good third. I'm gonna take the Rams though, honestly, because I don't think I don't think Cup is guardable. I literally don't think Cup is guardable at all. Um, yeah, I don't know who like, they're gonna like, like Eli just, Apple just, doing it. Like Chase had an insane year, but the, like you're not arguing me like that. He's I don't even think even close to Cup right now. 
I don't it think anyone like is you close. can scheme around Chase. It doesn't seem like you can do that with Cup. Yeah, that's that's it. You you just I mean, if he doesn't get 110 yards and a touchdown, you're like, wow, he had a he had a horrible game. You know. Yeah, I mean, think about it. If 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 uh, Chase doesn't catch that touchdown, which the only reason he caught it was because it was like one of the few plays the entire day that they had him in single coverage, and Burrow made a great yeah. throw and Chase made a great catch on and a toe tapping yeah. catch. He gets 50 yards. And he, yeah, he gets 50, 50 yards and and a no touchdown. That's that's just a by his standards, it's a flat out bad game, especially in that moment. You yeah, know? yeah. So. so I- uh, I mean, and and both tight ends could be down. I don't know what Higby's status is, but I'll tell you, the, the Rams... Um, I think Higby's looking a lot better than... Uh, I think so, too. Uzmoa. But I'll tell you, if I'm the Rams, I'm looking to do some two two tight end stuff with... um What's his name? Uh, Blank? What's oh, his yeah, name? Blank. He's, he's looked good. He's, looked he's good looking in, real in, uh, good. He in, moves in, well. Yeah. They got like a little, you know, like uh, Gerald Everett type of, you know, thing with him. You know what I'm saying? Where where it's yeah. like he can be the Gerald Everett to the Higby. He's um, gonna be my dark horse first touchdown scorer if Higby doesn't play. That's a good one. I bet you. I bet you that's going off at like seventeen, eighteen hundred. If I had to guess, if he doesn't play, I know he was the first touchdown scorer. I believe in the first game of the playoffs for the Rams. And he was. Oh, they do a first touchdown score. Let's see where he's at right now. Um, Kendall Blanton plus thirteen hundred. So is Tyler Higby. So maybe you wanna maybe you wanna jump on that because there's no way both of them are staying at plus thirteen hundred if if Higby plays. No. What is what is Higby's? But another interesting one, Drew Sample. Plus twenty one hundred along with Uzmo Uzumo. So that that signals to me is that they're both if you like one of those guys, if you think that Uzumo is not gonna play, then you you, you take sample at twenty one hundred because I think if he if he doesn't play, then sample's gonna go down to like fourteen, fifteen hundred. It says Higby has an MCL sprain. Isn't that what Uzma has? I think so, but I saw a report today that Higby was like trending in the right direction um hold on let me let me pull it up i actually have they have a lot know. of guys that might play taylor rap could play sebastian joseph day daryl henderson robert rochelle they have a lot of guys that could come back for them do the rams so oh uh, yeah when, so I mean, yeah diagnosed mcl sprain day-to-day for higby but seems to be more likely than not If Higby sits, um, Kendall Blanton will be in every down tight end for the Rams. Yeah. I mean, what's his what's his uh, total on the over? And yeah, they don't they don't have that for Blanton. Blank. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Da, 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 da. I don't. To think be honest, they have though. It. To be yeah, honest, they though. Have it. They don't even have Higby. They don't have any of the four tight ends yeah. posted. Uzma. Uzma. You know, Uzma was carted off. It just looked worse. I'm sure it is worse. It did. You at know, least, I mean, at least, it, it, if I remember correctly, at least Higby was putting some weight on it. Yeah, I thought I There's, thought Ozmo was a, a ACL like done for yeah. the year. Well, originally I thought it was an ankle, like a like a like a high ankle or fib, you know something like that. But but yeah, it looking at it again, it looked like it could be an ACL. But 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 look, you know, there you go. Drew Sample is look. Drew Sample is not very good tight end. He's a very he's like a four yard run turnaround. He's not Uzma. This this Blanton guy looks he looks he looks like the real deal. He looks like he can move. Like he catches the yeah. ball. Like they use them in screens. Um, 
I want to see more of this kid either, either way. Um, and I'm sure they'll use him. I'm sure he'll be a part of the game plan. Um, and maybe even more effective if Higby's playing because they won't be focused on him. But uh, Higby, Higby's had a nice year. Not an amazing year, but Higby's had a really nice year for them. They're both um, they're both plus 240 anytime touchdown scores. Blanton and, Blanton and Higby. And Sample and, and Uzmoa are plus 360 anytime touchdown scores. Yeah, that kind of shows you, too, what, what they kind of think of um, the tight ends for the for the Rams. Um, I'm I just, surprised I they haven't posted at yeah. all because it's clear they're just waiting for one to be moved to the starter, and then th- those yeah. odds will change immediately. Yeah. So I think – I don't know how many players the Bengals have out or could get back. I'm not really sure too many, but there's a lot of you – know, Rob Rochelle's a good corner for them. Uh, and Henderson Henderson is a really good change of pace back. He carried the load for like five or six weeks for them. If they get Henderson back, uh, I think he's you know they you're probably gonna see all three running backs. You're gonna probably see Hendo. You're gonna see Hendo on some pass catching situations and you know some maybe at, when they're in shotgun a little bit and and things like that is more of an explosive runner. Uh, Cam Akers has looked good at times. Definitely you know he's probably gonna be the main back and then Sony Michelle is probably more so going to be the short yardage back who he's good at. So, again, it's not good for fantasy or for DraftKings or whatever you play, but, you know, if those three backs all have a different skill set and can be effective, so if Daryl Henderson is back, it's another weapon for them. Um, he had multiple 100-yard games, tons of touchdowns this year. He's not someone to sleep on uh, if they do, if he is able to suit up. So, yeah, it's another wrinkle. It sounds like, sounds like the Rams have a lot of guys they could get back. I'll probably be on the Rams um, hopefully would get it at four. Would love to get it at three and a half, but uh, I don't think you can overcome that line. That 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 it's like all time like greats in Miller and Donald and a guy in Leonard Floyd who's like pencil in for eight to ten sacks every year. He's your third best pass rusher. I mean, it's gonna be tough. And then Ramsey, over. Ramsey on on the back, and I I tell you, Ramsey. They not, have they not only do they have talent to get to the quarterback on their own, they they can get coverage sacks. They can. That's where it's like Ramsey's Ramsey's not going to drop a ball like he did last last week. I I highly doubt he's going to drop an interception like he did last week. He's a lockdown corner. He's been fantastic all year. Um, you know, I I. I I think he's going to make a big play. There's a lot. If you wanted to go to Super Bowl MVPs, and we'll do that next week, there's a lot of guys on the Rams you could pick. There's literally like five off the yeah. top of my head that all have a great chance, whether yeah. it's Don, you know, Aaron Donald or Ramsey or Stafford or Cup or, you it's know. Gonna say, some... we, the, the formula for a defensive guy is is scoring a, a crucial turnover and touchdown or multiple mm-hmm. crucial turnovers that lead to scores, that yeah. lead to easy scores. Yeah, I think Donald's gonna have a huge game. To be honest, they do not have MVP odds posted yet. Yeah, they they will by next week in a yeah, few days. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. But I, I really um, think Aaron Donald's gonna have a huge game. I do. Good. I'm sure. I'm sure his odds will probably be inflated too. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not saying I'm gonna take him or anything, but he's 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 I'm a serious sure. contender. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, as I said, next week we'll have our huge Super Bowl betting episode. Um, we're going to run through every prop, what we like best, uh, some same-game parlays, some the line, the total, the over, everything you can think of, the Gatorade, the Anthem, all that good stuff, all the weird ones, all the funny ones, and all the, all the real ones, all the good ones. Um, so thanks for listening. 
Thanks for stopping by. Uh, be sure to check us out on the socials at Bleacher Fan or Bleacher Fan Sports. Rate and subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we will see you next week.